welcome to Getting Unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. Hey friends, welcome back to Getting Unstuck. My co-host today is Zach Rutledge and Zach is an ACE certified personal trainer, an ACE certified fitness nutrition specialist, and a certified brain health trainer through the Functional Aging Institute. He also holds a black belt in karate and is in grad school to be a licensed therapist. He also wrote a book called The Depression Relief Playbook, which is what I want to talk to him about today. Welcome, Zach. I'm so happy to have you here. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I also was joking with you earlier that you are the busiest man on the planet. Well, what you forgot to say. Okay, well, okay. So I'm not in school yet. That doesn't start till January. So, but uh, I'm actually finishing up a yoga teacher training Yes. And I and I start shooting a movie in, uh, in a month and a half. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So busy. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how you do these. You're amazing. The minute oh, I met you. you, I thought this man is amazing. So let's talk about your book, the relief, the depression relief playbook. Tell me why you wrote this book. I wrote this book. Um, essentially, COVID is what brought it on. Um, so back in my first run in grad school, I went for film. I was working in TV at the time and I was open about my past at that time and people were struggling with a few things. So they would ask me for advice about their mood or one thing comes to mind was a, a guy with this anxiety and depression, but he, his, his car was so filthy. He just couldn't bring himself to clean it. And I said, I said, man, like, just grab one piece at a time and throw it away. If, if it's too much, if you don't have the time, just grab one piece, throw it away. And even that just seemed like too much for him. So, you know, I, I gave him a lot of the tips that worked for me. He eventually forgot them. So I put them in an email and that happened a couple, two or three times in grad school. And then I had, um, through my um, nutrition counseling, I had people, you know, would contact me through Zoom sessions because this was uh, just as the pandemic was hitting. And... They, they booked it as nutrition and we weren't talking about nutrition. Um, they knew what to eat and um, it wasn't like a nuts and bolts thing. Like I call it, it wasn't like, oh, you need to eat fruits and vegetables, but they're eating X, Y, and Z desserts. Um, they were talking about emotional issues, which eventually is kind of what led me to this, uh, uh, the whole grad program. Right. And I, I guess finishing the book is what led me to wanting to become a therapist also, but essentially I would joke that I should just write a book and send that to people instead of compiling old emails that I had sent to people and sending those off. So one thing led to another. I, I had lost my job in video production because everything froze. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to, so that, that's what it was. <laughs> Pretty <Let's> organic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, the pandemic brought about a lot of really cool things to the surface. So it sounds agreed. Like- it did for you as well. What is your story with depression? So looking back now that I have the insight, there were definite chemical things going on. I can remember as far back as preschool, things going on that I would take really? things harder than other kids. Yeah, like if I got in trouble for, there's one time we were supposed to be asleep taking a nap and I was talking and I, and they, I was caught talking. And, I, and so then you had to like have your, you know, two minutes timeout or whatever when it was playtime. So I had my two minutes timeout and I remember being like really hard on myself at that, at, even at that age. Um, 
but you know, and then, and then there were some things like relationship issues in high school, you know, it, it was kind of an up and down thing, you know, just, I would take bullying harder than most people. Um, it's just these up and down things that were even my karate teacher would notice. So like, Hey man, are you okay? And I just assumed I was a moody punk rocker. That was just what I thought. <laughs> um, until, uh, I was 18. It was the summer after high school and my best friend was killed. So whether I was dysthymic, you know, dys dysthymia is when you have this low level depression and, and then when something massive happens, you plunge and it's harder to come out of it. Uh, although I'm not a huge fan of, you know, classifying things because I feel like everybody's depression is so individualized. It's hard to even give that a label, like a, like a definitive label at least. Um, so anyway, he, he died and then it was kind of like the perfect storm. A lot of the times when people are in their late teens, early 20s, that's when the chemical issues tend to mani manifest. Like OCD tends to pick up a little bit of depression, um, what have you, you know, pick a, pick a quirk. And uh, so that on top of, well, my karate school closed and all of my friends moved away because they were all going to college. So that was it. There, that, this was pre-social media, uh, uh, of course, pre-Zoom. And um, I, my support system was gone. I quickly failed out of college and that was the darkest time. I had a relationship, a, a very, now looking back, unhealthy, but intense relationship where we, we really were not bad people and we, we weren't bad to each other. It was just too intense for its own good. Um, that was falling apart and everything just kind of happened at once. And, uh, and that's where the story begins. The rebuild begins. <laughs> right. Did you go into therapy? Did you go on medication? Briefly. I, I briefly went into therapy and I made the mistake of, and this was, geez, this, this was over a year later. I finally said, I'm going to go to therapy because what I thought was I was dealing with grief. Now, grief and depression are two different things. And unless you've been depressed, this, this may not make sense if, if you haven't been depressed, let's put it that way. Um, grief feels a lot cleaner. <laughs> and that sounds weird. It feels cleaner and it's something we have to go through. There's no circumventing grief. We don't have to go through depression. Grief, we can take, we can get on some kind of pills and mask it and avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. At some point that's going to catch up to you. And that's normal and that's human. And, you know, and of course I was grieving, but there was depression along with it. Um, I went off on one of my tangents again. I don't remember where <laughs> what the question was. <laughs> I was riveted. So Good Lord. I was asking you, did you go into therapy and get on medication? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I talk about both of these actually in the book and the, the therapy. So this was, yeah, a year out before, okay, before I went off the, the rails there. And uh, I went once and it didn't work. So I figured, okay, therapy is not for me. I didn't say what you want. A 19-year-old is not an adult. They're, they're not an adult. Um, legally, yeah, okay. But the brain's not all there. You don't have the life experience. And I thought, okay, that means all therapists are no good for me. This lady just didn't work. You know, it wasn't until a few years after that where I tried another therapist. I, I liked him and he ended up moving away, sent me to his partner who we did not gel at all. And, it, you know, it's not her fault or my fault. It's just our personalities didn't click. Um, so I stopped. Uh, and it wasn't until, believe it or not, I was I had gone back to community college and I 
was taking psychology courses and I loved them so much so that I was taking courses that didn't count for any credits. Like they wouldn't count for my major. And I loved the professor so much. I went up to him after a class and said, Hey, do you take private clients? And he said he did. So I ended up going to him. I had already trusted him. He was a great professor, absolutely brilliant. And, and I do talk about this really briefly in the book about the, um, he's the one who got me um, taking the Myers-Briggs test. Oh, yeah. And, and if, if anyone doesn't know what that is, they should look it up. Um, it's, it's essentially how your, your mind is geared. It's, it's how you're kind of built and where, the way they say it is where you get your energy. It's all based off of the, the principles of Carl, Carl Jung, okay? So anyway, that's a very long way of getting there. And this was, I was about 23 at that time. Now the medication I didn't do. The medication, I, and, I, and I, again, I talk about that in the book. There was so much misinformation at the time. Um, I thought once you were on medication, you had to be on it for the rest of your life or you had to be on something you know, else. You could only switch to other things. You couldn't ever come off. I thought, um, I think and mind a you, a lot of people probably think that Zach. I think they do. Starting the medication for me, and I'm only going to speak for me because a lot of people have different um, experiences. But I would argue that most people would be like me. Starting it is not how it's going to feel three weeks, three months, one year later. All of those side effects that that you may get that I got anyway, they were the the most severe in the first week. They were the second most severe in the second week. And it, and it gradually tapered off because I know way too many people who said, oh yeah, I tried uh, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication and I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. It's like, well, how long did you do it? Oh, three days. No, no. And I know that's a very common thing. It's a very common Kidding. thing, at, at least in my circle. Yeah. Tell me what you think or believe about fitness and depression. Do you think activity helps depression? It, absolutely. And the thing is, a lot of the time you hear that's, that's advice, right? You should start exercising if you're depressed and which is true. I don't want people to think that it's a silver bullet because there is no silver bullet. I think the first thing that I did that worked that felt like a brick, because I, I say that I built myself back up brick by brick because it was uh, tangible because I could lift the weights in my basement eat X, Y, and Z. And then I was like, oh, I was 124. Now I'm back up to 135. Oh, now I'm 145. And I can see these muscles that I couldn't see before. So there was the, there, it wasn't just the process goals of actually working out, which was, which is great. You know, that's just what I do now. I'm not trying to fluctuate weight. It's just the process of doing it that I love. Um, but it was also those tangible things that you can see. And it, it you know, it's that, that tiny epiphany, that epiphanet of like, oh, I can control things. Fairly early in the book, I talk about the fitness stuff because you can make cha physical changes. It's easy to grab something and move it and you can make a physical change. Right. Yeah, and, and, and it, you will feel a difference. And yeah. it, did, it, it help, did it help your mental outlook? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what it did was it gave me something to look forward to. Then I wanted to be, you know, a, almost a bodybuilder and I, I, I never looked like that before. I, I had always been rail thin. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing. And I was getting like these, these magazines and it, it gave me something to really get interested in. Right. It took uh, the focus off yourself, right? Your problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, you know, those were tough times as far as problems, but everyone has problems. If you're a human, you have trauma or you've had trauma, 100%. which is, 
which is why I tell people, you know, everybody should go to therapy, right? Because if you're human, you you know, you can use a coach, right? Yes. It's really what a therapist is. I love therapy. I was yeah. very sad when my therapist broke up with me. Oh. Yeah, it was really sad. I'm like, can I just come once a week and talk with you? She's like, that's unethical. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I, I'm going to guess that she said you just didn't need the work anymore. So she let you go. Yeah. I'd been in therapy for a year and a half and I went in because of a specific issue. Yeah. And the issue was pretty much resolved and she helped me work through it. And then I could tell the day that day I went there and she said, you know, you're doing really well. And I said, are you breaking up with me? Like I could feel it. Yeah. yeah. She said, I wouldn't call it that, but I love therapy. I'm always surprised when people don't want to go. I'm, I'm interested to see, I think that may, maybe like go out of favor, like the whole breaking up with people who are quote unquote fixed because as life goes on, I mean, it's a new week Yeah, and things are happening and like, or, or maybe they would cut it down to a once a month thing. I don't know. Mm. Um, Yeah. Because I just feel like it's a healthy thing to have. Uh, Me too. I liked, I wanted to just be able to check in even once a month. I wish I had thought of that, Zach. Just Mm -hmm. once a month, just to check in. Yeah. 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 I actually got broken up with by my therapist because I, I was, well, I was 23 and I was lying to him and I was telling him everything was great. And, and, and it wasn't just that. So I, I, there was, there was something I was, I was just saying, I'm, you know, everything's great. Cause I wanted him to like me so much. Right. Yes. Yeah. But the, which is like the worst thing to deal with a therapist, right. you know, <laughs> until going there and lie. But the other thing was I couldn't, I was so used to having the arrow pointed outwards. Like, um, you know, I want to accomplish this. I, I didn't have the arrow inward enough to where I could explain what it was I was feeling. And at that point, you know, thinking back on it, it was, I was having a relationship issue, but I was in college and I was working, like I was doing okay, but it was just this, this feeling in my gut that I just could not express. Oh, do you think it was grief still? I think it was depression. I don't think it was grief. And I remember I was at my job and I remember crying and after my friend was killed and, um, it was almost like they were completely different tears than depression tears. (laughs) Really? It was a very different feeling. Yeah. It, it, it was a very different thing. Yeah. 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 I have never had depression. I've been blue every once in a while for a week or two, but mm. never depressed. Is it a feeling where you have feel like you have a black cloud over your head? Somebody described me as that. Uh, it, it can, for me, it didn't, necessarily feel like it was a thing over my head it felt more in my like physically in my stomach Mm -hmm. uh yeah maybe around me too uh it's interesting because there is no one feeling and it it changes so like my depression when it first hit me after my friend was killed it felt black Mm -hmm. then i remember in the spring it felt white i remember years later it felt orange which is so odd to say. So interesting to me. But it changed. It would because I was physically changing, my mindset was changing, but things were changing, but something was still going on. Something wasn't right. Uh, and it wasn't as intense as the black yep. depression. Yep. Uh, the white one just feels like almost like it was false hope. Um, okay. That's yeah, that's kind of like really if I were to sum it up, that's what it felt like. 
like I was trying to put on that happy face. Right. And you could, and during these, this period of depression, you never felt like a sense of joy or happiness. That That's just, those are two emotions that you couldn't latch well, on to. The, someone said something really smart. I saw a play about depression and they essentially said, he was way more eloquent, but I can't think of the words right now, but he said it kind of looked like a stock ticker where it would go up and down, right? It's yeah. just your overall was below where you want to be. You would still have, it, it's not like it was constantly submerging you. This first few months, yes, it did. Yeah. Um, so I can, I totally relate to that. But I also relate to the, just the something's not right feeling, the this should be making me happy feeling. You know, a lot of these, you know, you say I'm very busy and I, I guess I do a lot of things, but I, I put my own TV shows on the air. You know, I went to grad school and I, I, I graduated and I didn't feel great about it. I don't know. I just didn't. And then I put my own TV show on the air and I had a, a big party. All these people were over there seeing I'm hosting this TV show. I got it on and I didn't feel anything. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I need to get on a different station and maybe it needs to, you know, oh, yeah. and it was all these outward things. Right. And, it, and then I got that show on the air and it didn't feel right. And I was like, well, maybe it's because I'm not making a bunch of money doing this, which I wasn't, you know, uh, like maybe money's the answer. I don't think anything would have been the answer, answer, you Correct. know? Yeah. Usually happiness is an inside job. I had to turn the arrow inward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's where, you know, essentially a lot of the stuff I talk about in the book is turning that arrow inward. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, switching gears here. I know that you have a, um, certification in nutrition do you eat sugar ever i literally just had two cookies before we rolled <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear so that. so my my uh philosophy is i eat clean 85 percent of the time the other 15 percent of the time i cheat like hell Okay. So I that's, think that's a fair yeah. balance. Yeah. And that's about where it lies. And, you know, and I'll have days that kind of, you know, yeah. it's about where we're at. What's your favorite um, sugar food, your go-to? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So my, my, my go-to is dark chocolate, which I don't even count as a, as a, a junk yeah. food, right. uh, especially because I get it. It's about 85% of the cacao. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but that's like my thing. Um, and I don't really seek out junk food. If I go buy an ice cream place here and there, maybe I'll jump on it, especially if it's a vegan ice cream place because milk doesn't go well with me. Um, but this is this, if I ever come to your house, <laughs> never, ever, ever have a plate of brownies sitting there. I, I will eat them. I will eat them. And there's no getting around. I'll eat them until I don't feel good. So that I'll probably have like three, which at this point will get me sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you came to my house, there would be a plate of brownies on the oh, counter. Good. So, ah. all right. Just, just, just a heads up in case Zachy ever heads that <laughs> way. All right. That's a no, no. Um, tell me about um, supplements that you like that do you recommend for your clients? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually going to start with one that I don't like because I feel like this is kind of important. Um, and it's because it's so popular is uh, Sal Palmetto. Okay. There, it's very popular in a lot of different worlds for treating depression, right? Uh, I took it once, that depression, speaking of colors, that felt like burning plastic, that depression. That was, that was a very low moment. I remember being at a light and just everything felt like the way burning plastic smells. Mm. 
Interesting. It was, yeah. I felt like I actually, a lot of the time, and this is another one you'll find interesting. I, I talk a lot about colors, but it felt like I lost the color out of my vision. That's what it felt like wow. in my, in a lot of the deep parts. It felt like, cause you get certain feelings from certain colors and it like none of those feelings were there. So anyway, yeah. um, I understand that palmetto can help with some people. Um, I did read that it's not recommended for people with deep depression. Um, I, I don't know. It didn't work for me. It actually really hurt me like okay. emotionally. And I stopped after two days. So not, not something I would ever recommend for anyone. Something I always recommend my number one go-to hands down is turmeric. What? So really, um, and I can go on and on about this because I love this spice. So if you take, I'll keep it as brief as I can. I always recommend the supplements as opposed to the food because taking the capsule is like eating a thousand turmeric roots. It's an orange root for anyone who doesn't know. I also recommend if you get the capsule, try to get the kind and about half the ones out there on sale, get the kind that has black pepper in it because black pepper increases the bioavailability of that uh, turmeric. It could also be called uh, curcumin or curcuminoids. You may have seen that as well. That's just the active ingredient in turmeric. So, and if, and if it doesn't have the black pepper, that's fine. Take it with dinner, put some black pepper on your food and you'll be good to go. It doesn't take a whole lot, but that's what's gonna let your body absorb it. Um, turmeric helps with inflammation, amongst other things, it helps with inflammation. A lot of people think uh, depression is actually an inflammation issue. I would say yes and. So it's, it, it's, it's not just an inflammation issue. It's a, it's a myriad of things, right? So um, um, the turmeric is the go-to, huge asterisk here. Uh, just make sure you talk to your doctor. And I have that in the book, you know, that's almost like a no-brainer, but I feel like okay. it's Should worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. Should be said. Uh, always talk to your doctor because it, um, it, it has like a, a, a blood thinning effect. So uh, you don't want to be taking turmeric, let's say if you're on a blood thinner, or maybe you can and there's a, a, like an upper limit. I'm not sure. Okay. But either way, turmeric, that's, that's my, my number one go-to. My number two, and I'm sorry, I said I keep this brief and I totally didn't. <laughs> my number two uh, is vitamin D. And you're in the Northeast and I'm in the Northeast. So, uh, oh, I, figured, I can't remember the exact number now, but a massive percentage of us are actually low in vitamin D. I was so low, I had to get prescription vitamin D and I was taking a multivitamin every day with vitamin D in it, um, just cause we don't get the sunlight. So yeah, so now I take vitamin D every day. Of course, talk to your doctor, see if it works for you. Maybe where you live, you don't need it that much. I don't know, because cause sunlight is what makes you, that's what makes it bioavailable, right? right. So um, yeah, yeah. So those are a couple of the ones in there that I wholeheartedly agree, are, uh, I love, yeah. I love that about the turmeric. I that's I did not expect you to say that. I don't know why, but I love that. And I've actually read that as well that the pepper, the black pepper, is an important component to the turmeric, right? As well. Yeah. And I and, didn't and, know you could get it together even better. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I won't say the brand, but there's like major <laughs> a major brand um, convenience store has it with black pepper in it. Do you take it daily yourself? Absolutely. Do you? Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. But I take, I take a few things just because um, of like my lifestyle, like my, all the training I do, I'm working out a few times a day. So I, I try to stay on top, on top of things to keep myself, you know, yeah, sure. from being so sore. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to talk to you about breath practice. Do you yes. have a practice you do daily? Okay. Yeah. So 
lately it's been more of just that Ujjayi breath from, from yoga, which is that three part breath where you're oh, yeah. breathing from your belly, then your chest, then the idea is like your upper chest throat area. Right. And then, um, the exhale I struggle with, I tend to want to go exhale from the belly. I want to exhale the same way I inhale, like first from the belly, but you're supposed to do like the opposite side of the wave, like exhale from the throat, then chest, then belly. Right. So I'm always checking with that. And I feel, you know, it's, I feel like I, I was a non-breather before I started really, like, I think I was just kind of had everything open and air would come in and out. But um, it's, that, that deep breathing is great. But my, my favorite thing that I, I tell people is uh, box breathing, which is getting very popular these days. So box breathing, for anyone who doesn't know, it's all nostril breathing. Um, and the reason for that is, when the air rushes over this little cluster of nerves you have in the back of your nasal cavity, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. So right there, that's a win, just breathing through your nose. It, there's also the concentration practice of focusing on that breath. So um, what happens is you inhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, and hold for a count of four. So you're, it's like you're drawing a box. If, if, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that is like my go-to. Make sure it's that deep belly diaphragmatic breathing. And um, um, the, the, the box breathing is so good, especially coupled with like a, a, a concentration practice of like, like or even like a visualization. Let's say if I had to make a presentation at work and I was nervous, I would start doing a little bit of that box breathing. It'll like, it's like that automatic shutoff valve for my stress. It's gonna bring me down. I'm gonna visualize myself making that speech, you know, the perfect way without messing up and it's super powerful. So you use that, the box breathing in a stressful situation? Yeah, but you don't want to only do it in a, st a stressful situation because then your, your, your body would subconsciously link that breath to being stressed uh -huh. out. I so see. you want to practice it when you're not stressed out. I should be practicing it every morning, but I don't. I, I'm pretty good about routines, but that one unfortunately has been falling to the side. I'll pick it back up. Yeah. So we're almost, I can't believe how fast the time went by here, oh, Lord. but I wanted to ask you this, Zach. So if someone was listening to this podcast who thought that they were feeling depressed, like what would be the first thing you would suggest they should do? Number one, and this sounds weird, you know, of course, forgive yourself, right? Because sometimes depression can almost feels like it's running the show, but you've got to forgive the people around you who are giving you the bad advice. And there will be a lot of it. So the first step is being like, okay, so, so the worst thing is when, it, for me, when people said, when I was at my worst, people said, well, it could be worse. So I said, or internally, I was like, it can be worse than this, that then I have nothing to look forward to. This is as good as it gets. That's how I would take wow, it. Yeah. When really they were trying to, I guess, you know, uh, get across a message of gratitude. I guess that's what they were trying to do, right? So, so forgive them. What I prefer to say to people is it can be better, right? It can be better. That's realistic. Okay. And, and, and that's something we can strive for. This isn't as bad as it's going to be all the time. You know, it, it can be better. The, yeah, the first thing is just practice that forgiveness with the other people because they're not going to know, you know, because I would hate for somebody to, to, ju to just do the therapy and say, oh, that didn't work. I guess I'm broken. Right. You know, because if they're, if they, it may take you four or five, six times to find the right therapist. Right. So, so I, I do think it should be seek therapy, but I do think they, 
they need to move their body. They need to start eating right. It, it, I don't know if there's a, a there's a first thing. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, it depends on the person. Like my friend in his car, I would say, "Hey, man, let's go clean your car." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do something different. Just to shift the energy. Shift that energy. That's yeah. it. That's that's nailing it on the head right there. Yeah, yeah. Just do something different. Yeah. I can't keep you any longer because I'm sure you're on to another project, even though it's quarter nine at night that we're recording this. <laughs> you didn't keep me as late as you want. I'm sure you have some other big project you're working on. I, I just wanted to thank you for your, your time, Zach. You've been an amazing guest and I'm, no, thank you. I'm I... thankful for your wisdom um, on depression because I think it's something that is affecting a lot of people. And It is. And having someone like you out there um, as a great resource, I'll link the book um, on the show notes as well. Um, I think will be a great resource for people. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this. And, uh, you know, I'm like humbled to be here. So thank you.